Hello and welcome back to Sports on the Sidelines. I hope everyone is well. So today I got to sit down and have a really nice chat with, for us Man City fans, the spokesperson for all of us, the one and only Big Steve. I got to sit down and we got to speak all about his memories of being a City fan, all about his memories of his first game and all of our predictions ahead of this weekend. So yeah, so I hope you all enjoy today's episode. Let me know what you think down below. And yeah, I hope you enjoy. Thank you for coming on to Sports from the Sidelines. So yesterday's game, obviously, was a good result to kick off our start to the Champions League. What did you make of that game? Yeah, it was a good start. Uh, obviously, we're defending champions now, so um, everybody's out to beat us. Um, it was a funny, funny first half because we literally absolutely dominated the game and we had so many chances. And then right on the 45th minute, um, they broke, had the first chance and scored. So the typical City from back in the day sort of came out. Um, but I wasn't worried. I don't think a lot of City fans get worried now because of Pep and because of the players we have, we, you know, yeah, you can concede when, you, when you're going forward a bit too much. But first half, I thought um, we played really well. And then it was like Red Star sort of like poked the bear a bit. I think they got us a bit angry. And then second half, obviously, we came out and won the game. And obviously, Alvarez scoring two yesterday. Do you think, obviously, there's a lot of talk about him following in the footsteps of Aguero and becoming this next star, do you think that's going to continue this season and, you know, he's going to really make a name for him? Yeah, I mean, he made a good name for himself last season. I mean, he won the World Cup, he won the treble. Uh, he didn't play too many games. He kept coming on from the bench. But Pep sort of started with him this season. And I'll be honest with you, I think he's improving. I've just done... Um, a preview on the game and I just mentioned Alvarez in it and said, you know, I'm very impressed with him this season, the way he's, his, his first touch used to be a little bit poor, I used to think. And then now he just seems to be improving. He's, he's getting assists, he's getting goals, he's taking set pieces and, and yesterday he got another two goals. So it's not all about Erling Haaland anymore. We have got somebody else that's uh, creeping up and scoring goals. So it's good to see. Yeah. Do you think this puts... Almost a pressure on Haaland. As we've seen, obviously, he creates a lot of chances, but you know there has been many that he has missed and not got in the net. Do you think having Alvarez there does put the pressure on him a bit to kind of step up his game? I don't, I don't know. I think it sort of helps him a little bit because if, if he's just there on his own, the pressure's on Erling to score. I think Erling's one of these players that he, he'd love to score because he's a striker and, he, and, and that's his game, but... I think he's a team man. You only have to see the goal, Bernardo Silva at West Ham. He chips the goalkeeper and Erling taps that in. He could just tap it in, but he didn't because he he, he, said, he didn't know if he was offside, so he left it. And to me, that's, I think it's a good relationship and I, I'm, I'm glad to finally see the pair of them playing together. Yeah, and obviously Rodri's goal as well. I did see a tweet yesterday and it said, you know, in this current transfer market, what would Rodri go for? And... You know, I think it'd be a ridiculous amount of money. What do you think he'd yeah. be worth in this current transfer market? 
Well, if Declan Rice is going for 100 million, then Rodri's got to be 200 million. Because for me, he's, he's, he's well better than Declan Rice. So, Sai Saido, 115 million. 200 million. But Rodri's, uh, Rodri's your perfect player yeah. on and off the pitch. He's a quiet man off the pitch, doesn't give anyone any problems. And on the pitch, he's a monster. He's everything about Manchester City. He's, he, he has the most touches in the game. You know, he breaks up play. He's now adding goals to his game. He's getting around the edge of the box. He's letting he's letting the shots off. Um, Rodri again last night was was brilliant. He, I thought he was good at West Ham, but last night was brilliant. And he's a massive part of what Manchester City are now. Everything goes through Rodri. This is why players like Calvin Phillips and stuff they can't really get in the squad because I think Rodri's that good. And if you take him out, you sort of notice it what you, what what you're missing. So. Um, I feel sorry for Calvin and that, but Rodri, the way City bought him, he came in first season, he wasn't quite up to speed, but he, he, he sat back, he learned off Fernandinho, and then when Fernandinho was ready to take a back seat, Rodri just slid into DM and, 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 and the rest is history. But he, he's for me, he's the best midfielder, defensive midfielder in the world for me at the minute. A thousand percent. And obviously, um, Jeremy scored his first goal last weekend. You know, we're talking about these players being brought into City and growing with the team and learning from them. But I think, you know, he's already proven that he can fit in so well so quickly. So, you know, do you think that's the first goal of many this season? How do you think his season's going to play out? I'm really excited about him. I thought Jeremy, um, he's very direct. I think he gets the ball down quick and then he's on his front foot. He's straight at the defenders. A little bit different to what we used to last couple of years. We've usually had Grealish and Mares who like to come inside. It's very slow build-up, keep the ball. But I think with Jeremy, you're going to get a lot of fast, aggressive attacking. I think he just likes to roast the full-back and smash it across the box, which if I'm Haaland, I'm thinking, this guy's going to get me a lot of goals. I think you're going to see a lot of Haaland tap-ins where Jeremy's uh, beat the full-back and whipped it in. And um, no, I like him. He's young, he's hungry. Um, just looks like he's enjoying football and, and uh, it's, it's a great move by Guardiola to sign him. I'm, I'm really excited by, by Jeremy Doku. Yeah. And going to your time as a Man City fan, what made yeah. you support the Blues and what's maybe your what's your earliest memory of being a City fan? Well, my, my first season was 1989. That was my first game. Um, my dad, I, I used to like playing football as a kid. I was only six. So I was like, I played football and, and knocking the ball around, but didn't really know too much about the, the, the teams. I knew that it was Manchester United and Manchester City. All my friends supported Manchester United. And I think that my mum must have thought, you know, we're going to end up on the dark side here. So my dad needs to take him to the main road. And uh, he took me, it was Brentford on a Wednesday night, like a, a Rumbelows Cup game or something. And um, I just remember everything about that. I still remember that game, like getting out of the car and seeing the floodlights over Claremont School and walking to the ground. You could smell you could smell the hot dogs. They had these little hot dog stands on, on wheels that used to wheel about. And then I remember going in the ground and coming up the steps. And I know it's an old cliche. You see these kids on YouTube and TikTok where they go in the ground and they get amazed by the pitch. But I, I was literally that, that kid. I sort of walked in and I was like, wow. And I, I just remembered I just remembered how green the grass was and just remembered how how everyone knew the players' names and stuff. And my dad took me in the souvenir shop at Main Road, which was literally like, it was tiny. 
and you had to queue in one door, sort of walk, shuffle along this corridor, get what you wanted out of a glass case and out. And I, I remember coming home, I had a city scarf on and a badge and then I was just hooked then. And then to be fair, he kept taking me and then that was it. And this, I just knew that that was at my place. I just felt something I'd never... I was only a kid, but I just was hooked. I was like literally hooked. I was obsessed with football and Manchester City, and and uh, yeah, there was times where I, I did I did have a go at him and say, you know, you should have just left me alone because I was like, you know, going through the dark times. But yeah, nineteen eighty nine onwards, and then I, I ended up being mascot for City against Norwich in nineteen ninety. And that was amazing. I remember being on the pitch, I was taking shots for Tony Colton, but I just remember the size of the kickbacks and and, the, and everybody. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, I was just hooked. I can't describe it to people because the football, we, we wasn't really a great side, but it was just everything about the place. I don't know. It just had a special, I just felt special when I was there. And uh, obviously now I'm, I'm obsessed with it and, and, and the journey we've been on, it's been magical and never thought it'd happen, but... Yeah, that was my earliest memory. Main road, first game, and then we beat United that season, 5-1. And I remember that. I remember bouncing down the street, taking the mick out of the kids, uh, thinking that this was going to happen quite a lot in my lifetime. And then uh, I think for 20 years, I don't think we won one. So, uh, yeah, I remember beating United early doors. Yeah, and obviously I think that's, you know, it's a very big thing that you always remember when you're a kid and you get to look to your first game because that was the same with me and my dad. It's always the dads. <laughs> the dads, yeah. And obviously, you know, being a City fan in school, obviously I, I used to, you know, get the odd comment from the Reds, but like my dad would always tell me it was nothing compared to what he used to get. So what do you remember about being a blue, you know, in that school environment with the Reds? It was horrendous. It was horrendous because we we had a small little band of blues. Uh, and then I remember United was in the European Cup Winners Cup. They were in they were in Europe a lot. They had great players. And we, we sort of were bumbling around and we we wasn't very good. And then especially when I got to high school, I went to an all boys school. So um, it was ruthless there. Like they they want a lot of city fans around. It was there, and and they still I still see them today. We 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 fought our corner, but we were clinging on to like King Cladsey and stuff like that, and players like that. And they had like Cantona and Keane and and stuff. And we you know it was hard for city fans, but I think it's character building. I think the the, the young city fans today don't realise how uh, bad we was, and I think the young United fans now are realising because they're getting off the blues. So yeah. I think it's gone full circle. So City fans, the young ones, are giving it them reds. And I, and I urge that, keep giving it them, because they give it us for years and ruin my childhood. So all you blues who are listening to this, if you're in high school, don't let them United fans, don't feel sorry for them. Keep giving them the grief. That's what I urge you to do. Keep giving it them. Yeah, I used, to, I used to love, I loved nothing more than winning a game and be, winning the derby and being able to go into school and be like, we won. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was brilliant. But I never really experienced that. Uh, I don't think it ever did. I think we um, we never won one when I was in high school. No, we had a couple of close ones where we were 3-1 up main road once. And I thought, yes, we're having this. I'm going in school Monday, me. I'm going to be 10 foot tall. Three all. Brian McClare scored two, three, three, and then we were two nil up once at half time at Main Road, 
they came back and beat us 3-2, Roy Keane late. Um, so, yeah, it, it didn't happen for me at school, but um, I'm making up for it now. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you know, when, when was there a moment where you thought, you know, I'm going to use this passion that I have for football and, you know, you created your YouTube and you on your Instagram channels. You know, when was there a moment that you sat there and thought, you know, I can I can make a job out of this passion, that I can make something out of it? To be honest, no. Um, I've, I've always been a City fan. Uh, I've had a season ticket, like I said, since 89, so I go every single game. A lot of Manchester City fans know me not for YouTube. A lot of them know me as as, as, as Steve. I always went home and away. Um, always went on the coaches with the lads. Always went to every game. And then it was a, it was only a few years ago. I came out of the Wembley. I think we played Arsenal, and there was an Arsenal fan on a on like a pod, on, on like a, on the street having an interview. And I listened to him for a couple of minutes, and I thought he's talking nonsense. So I said something. The guy went, "Yeah, I get the mic." So I got the mic. I ended up giving him. I, I destroyed him to be honest. And then I walked away and the guy chased me down the road and he said, mate, do you know who that guy is? I was like, no, he went, oh, he's a YouTuber and he, he, he didn't know what to say. And I was like, all oh, right, great. And he said, can I take your number? Because um, we do Manchester City um, like little vlogs and he said, and, and, and I'd love to get your opinion. So I said, right, okay. Thinking nothing of it, not interested in YouTube, not interested in uh, anything like that. And then I started doing uh, one minute um, reactions from the game. So I'd come out the game on my phone, I'd do a one-minute reaction, I'd send it. It was, a, it was a, a company called Cheeky Sport and they used to do one-minute reactions. But then the reactions were going down so well because you'd get a lot of rival fans was like, I hate this guy. City keep winning. I can't wait till City lose. I hate this guy. And then you'd get the City fans going, love this guy. Yeah. Dead on this and stuff. And then I started doing the Big Six show. I got invited on the Big Six show um, and obviously I'm quite loud and outspoken. People were a bit like, who's this City fan? You know what I mean? We City haven't got anyone online. City, we always take the mick out of them. Who's this guy? And then I thought, you know what? Um, loads of City fans used to go, love it and go, Steve, we love you on there. You fight our corner. You say it how it is. This is what we want you and all that. And then I thought, okay, fair enough. If they like me, the City fans, I'll just can continue doing it. I turn down loads of stuff. I don't do, try and do any silly stuff. The way I look at it is I'm representing Manchester City fans. So I don't want to come across as oh, like a gold bridge or someone where they're just saying things for clout. I'm not interested yeah. in that. But the one that really took it off was when I did the Lad Bible, invited me down to London to do a Lad Bible, head-to-head, um, agree or disagree. And when I got there, they said, we're not telling you you're up against, you're going to come in a room, sit down, and we're going, you're going to go head-to-head. And I ended up going head-to-head with uh, Robbie from AFTV. Um, so he's like the big guy in, yeah. in the YouTube world. Um, and we had a good debate. I held my own, and then I sort of went on a bit of an emotional, um, a passionate rant at the end about, you don't understand this football club, the, you know, the things we've been through, and what it was like back in the day and, you know, and all that. And then that went viral for me. And then I started to get a lot of Sky Sports and people like that, and, and especially City and that, noticing it, saying, you know, and especially the fans, then then my, my match day experience changed then. So I was going to the to the ground and people were shouting, oh, Big Steve, can I have a picture, mate? Or Big Steve, I love that, what you said. And like grown members coming up to me going, do you know that speech you said, mate? Made me cry and stuff like that. And then I thought, you know what? 
I'm, I'm sort of a voice for them, you know. And then I just carried on from there. And, and now, obviously, um, I do other things as well from this. And, and time is, is hard for me to do what a lot of podcasts and stuff. But I do a fair few. And now I'm I'm, I'm just here for the supporters. And, and they know I'm real, I'm genuine. I don't do anything for a clout. And um, as long as the fans still love me and like what I'm doing... I'll do it. You know, if it ever gets to a point where they go, Steve, we're sick of seeing you, mate. It's time to go. I, I'll, just, I'll just slip back into the background and disappear. <laughs> and obviously, you know, you've you've worked for City as well. How's it been, you know, going from such a big fan to then being invited to work for them? Because, you know, I bet that's been an amazing experience. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I drove to the training ground for the first time and I pulled up outside and you have to get security clearance and then you go through to the next bit and you get security I felt like a footballer. <laughs> and then and then even going to the toilet, you walk down the corridor and it's where all the players are and things like that. And, it, and I'm just like, I felt like a, a young kid that had been let loose in Man City's training ground. I was walking around and, and I'm like, I was so, I was so humbled. Like, I just couldn't believe it. And then I sort of had to think, oh, you're here to do a job, Steve, you know what I mean? You're here to do a job. So, But I love it. And then, obviously, um, I did bits from last season. I, I After the game against Arsenal, when I came out and I did the interview on AFTV, I thought, I need to say something to get in the minds of these Arsenal fans because it was getting a bit crazy. And then they said, um, what do you think of the season now? And I said, all I'm going to say, lads, is... There's blood in the water and there's a big blue shark behind you. And I walked off and that blew up again. Yeah. Then lots of people, like when we won the league, Erling Haaland DM'd me a message of a great white shark. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And like, I've had Diaz mentioned it, I've had players mention it and it was so good for me. But the, the, the after the Istanbul um, parade, there was a party for staff and I just flew in from Istanbul, drove back from London to the parade, and I went there. And the, it was the reaction of the players when they seen me that shocked me the most because they were like, "Steve, come here, Steve. I love you for this." Oh, I remember when you said that? I love you, Steve. You say that is, and I couldn't believe it that they were talking to me like that. And uh, I got so many pictures with them and that. And I think that's what when Manchester City sort of thought, you know what, the players like him, the fans like him. We need we need to get him involved more. And then this season. I've been involved a lot more doing a bit of pre-match and after-match, but to work for you, for the club you love, I'd do it for free. You know what I mean? I'm going to the game anyway, I'd do it for free. But for them to pay me for my time helps me to go to more away games, helps me to pay for the kids to go. Manchester, if Manchester City pay me, they get the money back anyway because I go to the shop, I buy shirts, I buy a training kit for the kids, I buy tickets. So yeah. I don't get nothing for free. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I And I said that from day one. I said, I want nothing off you for free don't want any kits because I'm a support I support the club I'll buy my own kits just pay me for my time and, and, and I'm living the dream it's an absolute honestly pleasure to talk about the club you love and, and just be just be like pitch side or be talking to FG and talking to, to Paul Dickov and Uwe Rosler people I message now it's a bit surreal yeah I still can't, I still can't believe it yeah I don't know it's been I mean I followed you from years ago, so you know to just see that level go up, that's been great to see as well. Especially as someone that you know, like you say, you're such a spokesperson for us as fans. 
you know, it's just great to see. And obviously, you've been up and down the country to all these away games. Is there one away game that's obviously not like the derby that maybe stands out for you in the past few seasons where, you know, you've gone and you've gone, actually, you know, their atmosphere is brilliant and it's just been a brilliant game? Um, the, the Real Madrid game when we got beat in the last minute when we thought we were going to the final, that game, it, obviously we got beat, so it's not remembered for, for, for greatness, but... I thought the Real Madrid fans who get a lot of criticism, they 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 got their team over the line. It, it was a mad, I can't explain it, the mad song that they sing and the way they were waving all the Yankees and all that. It got them over the line and that that gave me goosebumps on the night and I thought there's something magical about about this this stadium and this team where they've it, it got like heritage in that competition where it just just it just it just came from nowhere and we was inexperienced and he got us Obviously, we got revenge this season, so that stands out the Bernabeu. I went to Napoli a few seasons ago, and I'm a big fan of Diego Maradona. And the passion that the Napoli fans shown in the stadium was unbelievable. They're obsessed with the team, they're obsessed with Maradona and the history, and they're so proud of the city of Naples. That quite that stuck with me a lot. And um, last season, the best away game, not really the atmosphere, but was just what it meant was was at the Emirates because they were top of the league. Everyone was telling us about this great Arsenal team. I think the press was hoping Arsenal would do it. Yeah. It came out in the press about the charges. So the, everyone, man and his dog, was on us that week. And it was all looking like we were going to go there and maybe slip up and Arsenal go and walk the league. But we went there, the fans dug deep. Um, the players dug deep and we always went there as like one unit. We pulled together in the stands and we got behind the team and we got the win. And uh, I came out of there and I thought, you know what, we're having it now. Let's go and win this league. And, and that's when I knew we had it because this football club's special. We've got something that, that people don't understand. You know, from the outside, they can look in. But when you're a blue, you're different. We don't fight, we don't argue, we try and stick together. And we know, we just get it. And when we have to pull together, we pull together. And um, we're getting our rewards now, and, and like you say, it's, uh, it's it's a fantastic time to be to be a city fan. Yeah, and you know, I think especially with when them charges did come out and everything that was going on with Arsenal, I think it was it was really a moment where all the Blues got together, even you know, not just the fans, the team as well. And I think we really proved what we can do. Yeah, well, Pep. Pep did the press conference, said he wasn't leaving and, yeah. you know, he's sticking by the club. I was on Sky Sports that day having an argument off air because I said, look, you've got to say alleged charges. I'm not going on there if you're trying to throw this. Because, you know, we, we, we're just supporters. We don't really know what's going on. We're not lawyers. So we've just got to, obviously, we're going to back our club and back our chairman and back our manager. And they're going to hope that something's wrong because they're getting wiped the floor by us off, off the pitch. So they just want something to happen so we get yeah. punished. But um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of the, the media trying to twist it. But I think we all we did our job. And the best way to uh, silence all these haters is to is to do what we did, and we did it in spectacular style. Yeah, and lastly, I wanted to get your predictions ahead of this weekend's game against Nottingham Forest. How do you think that game's going to play out? And score prediction as well would be nice. Um, I think Nottingham Forest have had a bit of a mixed start. I think they won at Chelsea 
I watched them the other night against Burnley. And I think they were lucky, really. I thought Burnley really, really could have won that. Um, we've just got to make sure we don't switch off. We've had a fantastic start to the season, better than what we probably thought. Um, we've just got to keep doing what we're doing. You know what I mean? Pep knows he's back now. He knows what needs to be done. We've got a, we've got a few injuries now. Bernardo's picked up a knock, so that's not great. Um, but I just think we get the job done. I, I, I say on my channel this season, but my word of the season is efficient. We don't have to be spectacular. We don't have to win 5-0. But we just be efficient. And I think that's what we need, an efficient performance. Get the job done. 1-0, 2-0, no problem. Move on to the next one. So um, I, I said on my preview, I think we'd win. we're going to win 2-0. So I'm going for 2-0. Okay, a solid answer. Um, what about you? Um, Maybe three nil. I might. I might say three nil. Yeah. Yeah, I think three nil. You're more confident than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think after after yesterday's game, I think Alvarez starts. Might get a few more, and obviously we're at home as well after being on international break. So I think, I think pull it back. Good. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it, and we've got Newcastle away and the Carabao coming up as well. Uh, um, more Champions League games and then I think we hit a bit of a tough patch I think we've got Arsenal Manchester United yeah I think we've got Villa so it's gonna it's you know we've had a good start with the teams we've played but let's hope we can just get a few more players back the injured ones Grealish and that back for the for the running yeah how do you think the obviously you know we've got a good number of players out injured now do you think that's gonna have a, you know a good enough impact on the on the team or do you think you know it's obviously going to create opportunities to get more people that are on the bench back playing again how do you think that's going to pan out yeah well people like calvin phillips who we mentioned and that um if they can't really get a game now when we've got all these injuries i don't think they're going to get anywhere near it when everyone's back um but it does give an opportunity for people to come in and stake a claim I think Gomez played last night. He didn't do anything really wrong. He gave the ball away a couple of times, but he did okay. Um, and I think Nunes did well on his debut. He came in. It's going to be tough for him. He needs to get up to speed. What people need to realise is it's not easy to play for a Pep Guardiola team. It's not about just slotting in there and doing... You've got to do things you've probably never done before. You know, you've got to do things that Pep says, which you might not agree with, but it's all about doing it for the team. But I think we're all right at the minute. We look, I look at the squad and we've still got a strong squad. We could do... Bernardo's a blow because he can fit in anywhere. So if someone's injured, you can put him on the right, yeah. put him on the left. But, uh, I think Phil Foden's having a good season. We've got a lot of players at the minute. I know Guardiola, again, was rested um, last night. So whether Pep's doing that just to make sure we don't flog everybody too early. So... We'll have to see, but um, I think we're right on the edge now of, a, of, a, of an injury crisis. I think one more, then it's problem time. But, you know, looking at Oscar Bob and people like that, Rico Lewis coming, we, we, we're not bad. We're not bad. We're not going to struggle, but, you know, no more injuries for me now. <laughs> yeah, definitely no more. Well, thank you so much for coming today. So, I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. I absolutely loved it. It's definitely been one of my favourites. And yeah, I've got some really exciting guests lined up for the next couple of months. 
both in the football and motorsport world. So yeah, so thanks so much for listening and I'll see you on the next one. Bye!